0: Episode 34. In the Triwizarding Tournament, a champion was selected to represent each school, and the three champions competed in three magical tasks. The schools took it in turns to host the tournament once every five years, and it was generally agreed to be a most excellent way of establishing ties between young witches and wizards of different nationalities until that is the death toll mounted so high that the tournament was discontinued death toll Hermione whispered looking alarmed but her anxiety did not seem to be shared by the majority of students in the hall many of them were whispering excitedly with each other and Harry himself was far more interested in hearing more about the tournament than in worrying about deaths that had happened hundreds of years ago. "'There have been several attempts over the centuries to reinstate the tournament,' Dumbledore continued, "'none of which have been very successful.'" However, our own Department of International Magical Cooperation and Magical Games and Sports have decided the time is ripe for another attempt. We have worked hard over the summer to ensure that, this time, no champion will find himself or herself in mortal danger." The heads of Beaubetons and Durmstrang will be arriving with their shortlisted contenders in October, and the selection of the three champions will take place at Halloween. An impartial judge will decide which students are most worthy to compete for the Tri Wizard Cup, the glory of their school, and a thousand galleons' personal prize money. I'm going for it! Fred Weasley hissed down the table, his face lit with enthusiasm at the prospect of such glory and riches. He was not the only person who seemed to be visualizing themselves as Hogwarts champion. At every house table, Harry could see people either gazing raptly at Dumbledore or else whispering fervently to their neighbors. But then Dumbledore spoke again and the hall quieted once more. "'Eager though I know all of you will be to bring the Triwizard Cup to Hogwarts,' he said. "'The heads of the participating schools, along with the Ministry of Magic, "'have agreed to impose an age restriction on contenders this year. "'Only students who are of age, that is to say 17 years or older, "'will be allowed to put forward their names for consideration.' This, Dumbledore raised his voice slightly, for several people had made noises of outrage at these words, and the Weasley twins were suddenly looking furious. This is a measure we feel is necessary, given that the tournament tasks will still be difficult and dangerous, whatever precautions we take and it is highly unlikely that students below 6th and 7th year will be able to cope with them. I will personally be ensuring that no underage students hoodwink our impartial judge into making them Hogwarts champion. His light blue eyes twinkled as they flickered over Fred and George's mutinous faces. I therefore beg you not to waste your time submitting yourself if you are under 17. The delegations from Beaubétons and Durmstrang will be arriving in October and remaining with us for the greater part of this year. I know that you will all extend every courtesy to our foreign guests while they are with us and will give your wholehearted support to the Hogwarts champion when he or she is selected. And now it is late, and I know how important it is to you all to be alert and rested as you enter your lessons tomorrow morning. Bedtime. Chop-chop. Dumbledore sat down again and turned to talk to Mad-Eye Moody. There was a great scraping and banging as all the students got to their feet and swarmed towards the double doors into the entrance hall. "They can't do that," said George Weasley, who had not joined the crowd moving toward the door, but was standing up and glaring at Dumbledore. "We're seventeen in April. Why can't we have a shot?" They're not stopping me entering, said Fred stubbornly, also scowling at the top table. "'The champions will get to do all sorts of stuff you'd never be allowed to do normally. "'And a thousand galleons, prize money!' "'Yeah,' said Ron, a faraway look on his face. "'Yeah, a thousand galleons.' "'Come on,' said Hermione. "'We'll be the only ones left here if you don't move.' "'Harry, Ron, Hermione, Fred and George set off for the entrance hall.' Fred and George debating the ways in which Dumbledore might stop those who were under 17 entering the tournament. Who's this impartial judge who's going to decide who the champions are, said Harry. Dunno, said Fred, but it's them we'll have to fool. I reckon a couple drops of aging potion might do it, George. Dumbledore knows you're not of age, though, said Ron. Yeah, but he's not the one who decides who the champion is, is he, said Fred shrewdly. Sounds to me like once this judge knows who wants to enter, he'll choose the best from each school and never mind how old they are. Dumbledore's trying to stop us giving our names. People have died though," said Hermione in a worried voice as they walked through a door concealed behind a tapestry and started up another, narrower staircase. Yeah, said Fred airily. but that was years ago, wasn't it? Anyway, where's the fun without a bit of risk? Hey, Ron, what if we find out how to get around Dumbledore? Fancy entering? What do you reckon, Ron asked Harry. Be cool to enter, wouldn't it? Well, I suppose they might want someone older. Don't know if we'd learned enough. I definitely haven't, came Neville's gloomy voice from behind Fred and George. I expect my gran would want me to try, though. He's always going on about how I should be upholding the family honor. I'll just have to... Oh! Neville's foot had sunk right through a step, halfway up the staircase. There were many of these trick stairs at Hogwarts. It was second nature to most of the older students to jump this particular step, but Neville's memory was notoriously poor. Harry and Ron seized him under the armpits and pulled him out, while a suit of armor at the top of the stairs creaked and clanked, laughing wheezily, Shut it, you, said Ron, banging down its visor as they passed. They made their way up to the entrance to Gryffindor Tower, which was concealed behind a large portrait of a fat lady in a pink silk dress. Password, she said as they approached. Maldedash, said George. A prefect downstairs told me. The portrait swung forward to reveal a hole in the wall through which they all climbed. A crackling fire was warming the circular common room, which was full of squashy armchairs and tables. Hermione cast the merrily dancing flames a dark look, and Harry distinctly heard her mutter, slave labor, before bidding them good night and disappearing through the doorway to the girls' dormitories. Harry, Ron, and Neville climbed up the last spiral staircase until they reached their own dormitory, which was situated at the top of the tower. Five four poster beds with deep crimson hangings stood against the walls, each with its owner's trunk at the foot. Dean and Seamus were already getting into bed. Seamus had pinned his Ireland rosette to his headboard and Dean had tacked up a poster of Victor Crumb over his bedside table. His old poster of West Ham football team was pinned right next to it. Mental, Ron sighed, shaking his head at the completely stationary soccer players. Harry, Ron, and Neville got into their pajamas and into bed. Someone, a house elf no doubt, had placed warming pans between the sheets. It was... Extremely comfortable, lying there in bed and listening to the storm raging outside.